Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. So the father of Shmuel, Vudu Shmuel, he would make for his daughters a mikvah in the days of Nisan. Rashi. Uh, not yet, actually. Continue a little bit more. Misayeli Rav. This is a support for what Rav said. Toma Rav. Mitra b'marava sado rabo paros. If there's rain in the West, in Israel, this is a great uh, witness in the river of the Euphrates. So Rashi says, Mitra b'marava b'eretz Israel. Rain in the land of Israel. Sado rabo paros. Paros made b'davar. The Euphrates testifies about this matter, Shehu Yorid Me'eretz Yisrael, Lebavel, because it falls from the land of Israel to the land of Babylonia. And it grows and swells from the rainwater. And when they're in the Euphrates and they see in Babylonia that it's their river, the Euphrates, is, is swelling, they see that it must have rained in the land of Israel, on the mountains of the land of Israel, and they rejoice for their brothers. And the father of Shmuel also holds like Rav. They're of the opinion that the Euphrates becomes swollen and its waters become greater through the rain. So that's why he would make a mikvah, the father of Shmuel would make a mikvah for his daughters in the times of Nisan. So they've already had a full winter rain in the land of Israel, and the rain is now causing the phrase to swell. So, Sava Shelo Yarbu Hanotun Azlov Al Hazochlin. The other gear says Shema. Shema. The concern is that perhaps the rainwater, the drips, will be more than the Zochlin, which is the waters that are, are coursing through the river from the, the aquifer underground source. And this is against Shmuel. And Shmuel is of the opinion that the waters that you see, there's a swelling of the Euphrates, is predominantly coming from the underground water source being replenished, not from the rain that drips in from above. Let's see Rashi. What are these drips? It's from the rain. That there might be more rainwater than what's in the waters that are flowing, Hanovin, that are springing forth. It's Namaseches Mikvos, and it's taught in the Mishnah in Mikvos. Hazochalin Kemayon. These waters that course through are like a spring. Vhanotvin Kemikva. And the waters that come from the rain that drip down, those are like a mikva. Mikva, Loshin, Mikve, Ma'im is, is a gathering of water. Vishanina b'Taras Kanim, the Bryce in Taras Kanim says, 
Ach mayon ubar mikvah mayim. Other than in, except in a uh, spring or in a, a cistern of gathering of water, yochol mila al kseifo v'asa mikvah betchila yehatahar. Perhaps I would think that if he carried, filled on his on his shoulder uh, water and made it into a mikvah, that it should be eligible to bring about tahara. Tamalon mayon. Tahara says mayon has to be a spring. Ma mayim b'deshamayim af mikvah b'deshamayim. So the the mikvah and mayim are similar in that they both ha- both have to be b'deshamayim, not man-made, meaning not it cannot be shuvin, not drawn from what he carried on his shoulder. Ima mayon metahar bezocholin af mikvah tahar bezocholin. So perhaps we would say that just as the mayon purifies, even though it's coursing through and not contained, so too the mikvah should have the same process. Talmudomar ach mayon there's a differentiation, although we learn one from the other, concerning the fact that they both have to be bideshamayim, they both have to be natural in that sense, but there is a distinction that the mayon, the spring, is metaher even though it's not contained, whereas a mikvah is only metaher when it is contained. So it's, if it's bashberin, it's metaher, if it's uh, held in place, that's, that's not uh, flowing, that's when it can be metahir, unlike the maya. Ma'ashbarin, tikavu, tikami. What is ashbarin? It has to be gathered and, and stable. It has to stay there. And this is the excluded case where if somebody has water dripping down into a mikvah, if he's tovel has kalim, at that point, before it gets to the mikvah, so it's not, it's not going to be metahir to, to be considered a tahara for these kalim. has to be in ashverim. If you're dealing with notfin. Mikvah kseevi aval novin metaharin. Unlike the mikvah, the these flowing waters that the springs forth, that is metaher. They do achieve tara for a vessel that was um, submerged into the the spring, like every river. Hilkach, therefore, biyomei nisan, in the days of nisan, shanaros gedelim memegishamim. That the rivers become swollen from the rainwater, collecting from the, the period of the winter. From, from the melting of the snow. There's a concern, perhaps, there will be more rainwater in this river than river water, than, than spring water, as it were, that comes from the aquifer source in the ground. And the living waters of the spring water would be nullified in the a majority of the water that came from the rain. And the rainwater can be made into a mikvah, but cannot be made into a spring. 
The only way that you can use the rainwater for tahara is bashbarin. It has to be sealed off, closed, not flowing. El bashbarin. So that's the reason why Avuad Shmuel, Shmuel's father, is making this mikvah um, in the days of Nisan because he's concerned that the, the rainwater is perhaps going to be more than the Euphrates water. And, and that would be a problem because it needs to be in, in a mikvah if that's the case. It's not, the Zohalin is not going to be Metahe if it's the minority. Says Rashi, Vaniki Balti Mirabeno Halevi, Mishum de Sufik Zavosneho. That the reason why he did this is because there was a Sufik if his daughters were Zavos. And a Zava requires living waters, specifically, not a mikvah, but living waters that are spring water. Says, even though I accepted this from my, my masters, it's not possible to, uh, to sustain this position. It's taught in the Toseftim that the, there's a stringency of a Zav over a Zava. The male Zav is a stringency over the female Zava. I have this discharge. In order to achieve Tahara, there is a differentiation where the Zav is more stringent than the Zava. It's explicit in this Tosefta. The Raisa says that the stringency of the male discharge is that he requires living waters to purify, whereas the female discharge does not. So it can't be that he's making this mikvah for his daughters because of a suffix zava. Maybe they're zavos, even if they're vada zavos. They don't need um, to be somehow connecting to Mayim which in itself is, is a hard thing to understand um, because the, the, the Memra is that he made, in the days of Nisan, a mikvah. So, that also is a challenge. But he's saying, anyway, whatever you're going to say about that, the Chumrah of Zav over Zava is that a Zava never needs Maim Chaim. So that's not, that's not a, a reasonable suggestion to say, Safeg Zavos are going to require something special. V'chazarati ubadakti l'parsha, and I checked it out, says Rashi. I'm, I'm uh, solidifying what I explained. Most of the world explains that the drips have the status of shuvin, of drawn water. And most of the world is wrong. Wow. Rashi is taking a stand. He says, I checked. He's throwing out his rabbis. He's throwing out most of the world. Rashi is standing by himself over here. He says, that's not the case. So he says, it's a Mishnah. Mishnah says, Notvin are like a mikvah. A mikvah is not shuvim. So there's one thing a mikvah is not. It's not shuvim. So most of the world, the way they're explaining this, is not compatible with a Mishnah. So he says, you have to throw out the world and keep the Mishnah. That's, that's what Rashi is saying. Okay, and he says, 
takes out this girsa. There's a girsa apparently that has a suggestion that they are maim she'uvin, drawn waters, which are puzzle for mikvah. He says, no, notfin are eligible for mikvah. They're just not metaher bezocholim. They're not metaher as they don't achieve tar or purity while they're flowing. They need to be bashberim. But they are not she'uvin. Uh, they're not drawn waters that are puzzle for mikvah. Okay, next Rashi, Mikipa Mivroch, that they are blessed from the bedrock. Misfoso, Mimikero, Umisalo, Sela, Mitagaminon, Kipa. Mikipa Mivroch, Velo, Mimegishamim. The primary source of the added water, the swelling of the waters of this river, is from the aquifer source, the sources below the ground. And not from the rain. Okay, so that's according to Shmuel, the first statement of Shmuel we have here. He's arguing with um, his father, Avud Shmuel, right? His father is saying that, that uh, he's concerned when you have a lot of rainwater that you're not going to be able to use the river, the Euphrates, to do Tevila without making a mikvah. And Shmuel says, no problem. Yes, it's swollen, but most of the swelling is coming from below. So that's, that's not, uh, not a concern, according to the first opinion of Shmuel. But that's not the only opinion of Shmuel we have. Shmuel has another way of looking at it. Opligid de Shmuel. De Amar Shmuel. But Shmuel himself argues on himself. Water does not achieve a purification through something that is immersed within it. If it is flowing, other than the Euphrates in the days of Tishrei exclusively. So Tishrei is already the other uh, six, six months out, not the end of the winter cycle, but it's after the end of the summer. By Yomim Noraim, you've had a long, hot, dry summer, and the rainwater is definitely all gone. So Shmuel says, another teaching of Shmuel, not like what he just said, that it's Nisbarach from the bedrock, the, the added water is coming from the low ground source, which is eligible to be metaher, to purify bizochlin while it's flowing. Does not need to be bashbarin collected. But this Shmuel is saying, no, the only time you can be metahir in the Euphrates is in the days of Tishrei. Because only in Tishrei can you be certain that it's not being overwhelmed by the rainwater. So clearly, this is more machmer than what Avua the Shmuel said. Right? Shmuel's father said, in Nisan, so now all the rain has come in, okay, now I already have to be concerned. But the rest of the time, no problem. I mean, you have to know exactly how long the Tkufa of Nisan expires, not sure, but Shmuel, and this, and the second version of what Shmuel is saying, is being more machmer than, than his father, and saying, only in Tishrei, only in that short Tkufa can you actually use the Euphrates for Tahara. And the rest of the time you have to be concerned. And then the, the middle shita is Shmuel 
who's arguing with his father and with himself, and he holds that even though it's swollen also from rainwater, you see the rainwater coming into the water of the, of the river, but the majority of the, the swelling is coming from the aquifer subterranean source, which is eligible to be metahar bezochalim. So, three opinions. Avodah Shmuel, Shmuel, and Shmuel. Rashi. Upligadidea today. Shmuel argues on Shmuel. Ein hamayim metaharin bezochalim. The waters do not purify as they flow. Ein metaharin odam vekalin. They do not achieve purity for a man or vessels. Hatovlin behem that are submerged in them. Derech zuchila as they are flowing. And in order to achieve Tara for both man and vessels, they need to be gathered together. They need to, to section off a, a, a part of the river into a mikvah that is fixed, not flowing, in order to achieve Tara in a mikvah. Except for the Euphrates in the days of Tishrei, that the rainwater has has already ceased. And there is a majority, a clear majority, of the flowing waters of the indigenous Euphrates source. And there is the status of a spring on flowing rivers. This statement of Shmuel, that's more machmer than his father even, clearly is suggesting that the primary source of of uh, swelling in the river is from the rainwater. Vani shamati says Rashi bebecheres metar and bezochlin. I heard in bechers that the, these waters are metaher; they purify while they are flowing. Shehanotfin shebesochon metarin beribu hazochlin v'isbatlo hanotfin behen v'os zov zovatov mehen b'shvil hazochlin that the, the flowing waters can be metaher because the dripped waters from the rain that fall into them um, are, are nullified in the abundance of the flowing waters that have a status of mayon. And the drip water of the rain is nullified in, in order to make a zov and a zov, a zova eligible to be tovel in them because of the zochelin. Now, this Rashi is a little bit perplexing that he says Zov and Zava. If you recall before, Rashi said that the Chomra, he quoted the Tosefta, the Chomra of a Zav over a Zava is that only a Zav, only the male who has this discharge, unusual discharge, is required to have Maim Chaim, to be able to have the, the spring water or a river that is essentially spring water be the source of purification. And a Zava has leniency she can also achieve tahara in a mikvah, in, in Ashberim, as long as it's not shu'uvin, as long, but it doesn't need to be ma'im chayim. It, it just can't be drawn water, but it, it can be stagnant water for a zava. But over here, what he's saying, what he heard, is that the, the drip water, the rain water, is nullified in the, the primary water of the river, and it's therefore a zav and zava can achieve purity in them by, by immersing in them because of the zochalim. Who needs that for the zava? It's a little bit peculiar according to Rashi, but that's what he heard, okay? 
sounds like it's a bit controversial, uh, this Tosefta. Rashi himself is, is quoting another Shmua. That, uh, well, yeah, there, there seems to be a lot of opinions flying. Yeah. Let's take a look at Rabbeinu Hananel. Let's take a look at Rabbeinu Hananel. We have a Ovid Libnase Mikvah. And a father of Shmuel made for his daughters a mikvah in the days of Nisan. He would not allow them to be tovel in the Euphrates because most of the waters of the Euphrates in the days of Nisan are from the rainwater. This is like what Rav says there's, when there's rain in, in the West, in Israel. So, sad or rabo paras. The great witness to that is the Euphrates. Kaloma, kiban shetira ki rabo me paras edusi shehug shamo eretz amaro. It's testimony that there's been a much rain in the West. Vesav ravodishmoa. Shema yabo notfin shehein megishamim hanotfin min hagogos. Whoa. Whoa. Why is he saying that? He says, listen to what Rabbeinu Hananel is saying. That what is the father of Shmuel concerned about? Maybe the concern is there's too much drip water. What's drip water? Not drip water that came from the rain straight into the river. No. It came from the roofs. How much water would that be anyway? I don't know. I'm not sure why he's so worried about that. How many roofs are there? How much would you need to possibly make Shehem Megishamim Hanotfin Min Hagogos Vinaasu Shuvim and they've been collected from the roofs and turned into Shuvim. From the roof it became Shuvim, it became drawn water. And that's gonna he's saying he's gonna mess up your Euphrates. Pretty pretty major zug. I mean I don't know how much rain is falling on the roofs. And also, why is this water on the roof becoming uh, Called Sheuvim. I don't know exactly how the roof structures were, but what is it? What kli is it? I'm not quite sure why it's considered a kli. It could be that that there there were kalim that uh, were vessels, receptacles, and then only afterwards became affixed to the roof. So it was, it was a kli that the chokok sof kavo in a way that it was considered a vessel and not nullified from the status of vessel, so then it'll make the water shuvim. Fine, let's say that's the case, but still, so it seems like a vait chashash, a wild concern. And Rashi was, was really right on board with this idea, fundamentally, he's saying, rainwater, straight rainwater, is not shuvim. And the Rabbeinu Hanan is saying the same thing. Rashi says, it's, it's just, it's not shuvim. You can't be metahir. The rainwater is not eligible to become Zohalim. But the way Rabbeinu Hananel seems to be learning seems to be, I would suggest, like the last statement of, of Rashi. What did Rashi say at the end? This Ruba de Alma, right? The most of the world that he disagreed with. The Ruba de Alma, Farshin, Notfin, Keshuavin, Lav Melsehi. So, He's meaning that the idea of Notvin being Shuvin, that is the way Rabbeinu Hanan is interpreting it. He says, what is the Notvin is Shuvin, but he says it's Minhagagos. It's from the, the rooftops. That's what he says. 
Um, so, yeah, it, when it says, When he came out to Rabbeinu Alevi, Mishum Safik Zavas Ninhu, the Zava to Anamayim Chaim, he rejects his, his Rebbe because the Zav is more Chomer than the Zava, so you should not need Mayim Chaim for that. Um, that's th- that. Uh, that's that. What he's rejecting seems to be with Rabbeinu Chananel. Right? Rabbeinu Chananel says it is Sheuvim. And what did he do? He made for them mikvos. We have to see. Let's try and understand. Let's look look for Ben Hananel or Raya, one way or the other. If these mikvos are a standard regular mikvah, or if this is a mikvah that is somehow functioning to be metaher zava or zav and zava above a regular mikvah. If it's if it's working essentially as a mikvah. Hybrid, mikvah mayim, something like that. Al Kopanim, he does say that the concern of the notfin is this drip water, the rainwater is shi'uvim from the roof, and for some reason he's worried that that's going to overwhelm the native waters of the river. Part going weiter in Rabbeinu Chanan, Shmuel Shmuel says that the river is blessed from the bedrock. Kilomar. Okay, he doesn't have the exact lotion we have, he just says the words of Shmuel are so to each other, it's a contradiction. Here he says that from the rainwater, the river does not become full. It becomes full from the water rising from the ground, from the aquifer. Other than the month of Tishrei, so other other days, other eleven months of the year, he's concerned about the. The river being overwhelmed by rainwater, and what did he do? Omafsi beyome tishre, hayemastiro lebenosav, bemafsi. In the days of tishre, he would make a uh, seclusion for his daughters with mats, to protect them from prying eyes, people who are on the river, vetovlos beparas, and they would be tovel in the Euphrates. So in the in the days of Tishrei, for sure, they are the the waters are zochelin. It's the majority of the native waters of the river. Okay, so so here he's saying, why did he use these mats, these these uh, separations? The less lutara b'mikvah. Not sure what what is he saying over here. That why did he use these? Because they didn't have tara in a mikvah. What's 
what exactly is, is Rabbeinu Hanal getting at? In the days of Tishrei, they are flowing. And they didn't have Tyre and Mikvah. It sounds like he's saying that they needed Mayim Chayim. Meaning, Enochanami. If they could use a Mikvah, he would just let them go to the Mikvah like they did the other, other 11 months of the year. But if they needed Mayim Chayim, there was Zavos or some other reason. We have this Tosefta saying, Zavos don't need it. But as we saw in Rashi already, for some reason that's controversial. It could be that Rabbi Nochanan is taking the other side of that equation and saying, no, a Zava, a female uh, that has this discharge, unusual discharge, does require Mayim Chayim, does require Zochalin, the Tara of a Mayan, of a spring. And therefore, he did not let them use the regular mikvah that they use 11 months out of the year, but he dafka made this available for them, making this special seclusion with these, these mats, in order they can go into the river. And he says, they're less lutara of a mikvah, because they wouldn't have tara in a mikvah for some reason. Not like this Tosefta. Not like the way Rashi was going. Okay, so how do we paskin on this? We have lots of opinions, right? So, well, actually, b- before we get to, to Pesach, let's take a look at Tosus. Let's take a look what Tosus says. Uh, a few Tosus in here, actually. Sadr al-Paras, the great witness, is the Euphrates. Pirish B'Kuntris, Paras Meid, Shuyarda, Meret Yisrael Bavel, God of Megishamim, quotes Rashi. The Euphrates becomes swollen from the rainwater that fell in the land of Israel. Viloni Hira, Tosus rejects that. Sharei Bovel B'Mizrachet Yisrael Kai, because Babylon is in the east of Israel, so far so good. Okay, now Tosus says the Vikhidish over here. All the rivers flow from east to west. I'm not sure how Tosus knows that. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, Rashi is correct. If you take a look on which way the river flows, you look at the phrase, it starts in uh, Turkey and it flows down uh, from west to east. So I'm not sure what Tosus is talking about. But, Benatam is bothered. He has this, somehow he has this uh, idea that the waters flow from east to west. And therefore, he says, the way they were able to tell is because the water flowed backwards, or perhaps it meant it slowed. I don't know exactly what it means that it flowed backwards uh, in response to the swelling coming from the land of Israel. Okay, interesting toasts. Shemayabuhanutfin, lest the drip water from the rain would increase above the the native waters of the, the river. Pirishmegeshamim, it means rainwater, Amenoharos, over the water of the rivers. Shahi the, the river waters are flowing. And the only eligibility of rainwater to be metired, cheap uh, purification for one who immerses in them is in Ashberin, it has to be gathered together, not flowing. Titnan as it says in Mishnah, Perkei Mishnah in Mikvos, Azochlim Kemayon, Vanot Fin That the flowing waters are like a spring, and the drip waters of the rain are like a mikvah. 
Vitanya Dorskone, Yochol Mila Maim Aksefo Vaso Mikfo, Bitchilaye Tor, Tamalomar Maim, Mamaim Bideshamaim, At Mikfo Bideshamaim. So Mikfo also needs to be Bideshamaim like a Mayon, cannot be Shuvin, cannot be drawn water. Imamayon Matab Bezochlin, Af Mikfo Matab Bezochlin, Pirsh, Af Bezochlin. Just as the, I would think, to compare Mayon to Mikfo. We saw this in Rashi already, but just Tosas repeating it. That just as the spring water is, achieves purification as it's flowing, I would think to learn so to a mikvah. Therefore, it says uh, that uh, ah, that that it's not that way, and only the mayon is matar bezochalim. But the the uh, the the status of mikvah is is ach bezochalim, not only bezochalim. The kol came bashberim. One second. Kol shekim ashveren tamalomer ach mayon mayim tabezochlin mikvah v'shoven mahu ashveren dekavu kaimah. So the first way that Tosus is learning is that it's it's one or the other. Mikvah must be stagnant water and zochlin must be flowing. Ach mayon mayim tabezochlin umikvah bashveren. Ma mayim tabezochlin af mikvah tabezochlin pirish af bezochlin. The Kolshkin Ba'ashbarin is the Hava Amino. I would have thought that even Bezochalin, all the more so in Ashbarin, Tamalomar Achmayim, Maimitab Bezochalin, Mikvim Ba'ashbarin. So Tosus is learning at this Mahalach that Mayon can only be Metaher, the river only while it's flowing or spring. Ve'ish Mefarshim Shaloh Yerotzel Advilan. Some say that the father of Shmuel did not want his daughters to be tovel because they were suffix zavos. So here Tosis is propagating this idea against the Tosefta that a zav and zava both require mayim chayim, living waters, which is spring water. He rejects this position. <laughs> if that's true, why would he make for the mikvos? Read what it says. He made for the mikvah. If you need mayan, don't tell me he made mikvah. So he's not very pleased with this idea. As much as you're worried that that's the issue, so he didn't achieve it. And this Tosefta that Rashi quoted. So that's, uh, that would seem to, to tell you that his daughters would never be a suffix to require Zohalin to Maim Chaim. Certainly, if, even if they were Vada Zavos, Tosefta says that's the Chumrah of a Zav over a Zava, that the female with this discharge will never need Maim Chaim. But just to, to look at, at how Rabbeinu Hanano would address this last question, he's, he's learning that the protection of the mats that he made for them in the river wasn't really a mikvah, is what it sounds like. It sounds like it still is not a mikvah. That's why he's doing this. It's like a mikvah that it's, I guess you could say, uh, separated off. But it's not actually a mikvah. He's, he's, he's clearly learning that a real mikvah, less lutara of a mikvah. They wouldn't have tar in a mikvah. So it's, it's somewhat like a mikvah, it's section, sectioned off, but it's 
actually still a Mayan. That's uh, presumably what Rabbein Ochanan would say. Vim Tomar, back to Tosos, Ule Shmuel de Omar, ain't a Mayan Matarim, Bezokhalin, Ella, Parasimetishrin. According to Shmuel, that says, the waters do not purify unless they are flowing in the Euphrates in the days of Tishrei, the Chumrah, the last opinion that we had from Shmuel. Zov, de boy Maim Chaim, Eich Yitfod Nisan. How can a Zov ever be Tovil in the days of Nisan? He's got a very Balabatish question. What should the guy do? The guy became a Zov. He had this unusual discharge. Happens to be it came in the days of Nisan. Now what? Ve'yish lomar b'mayin mechose. She'ein megishamim yard nosochot. He has an etzah. Make sure to find some spring that has a covering, in a cave, something like that, that doesn't get contaminated and, and watered down by rainwater. That's his plan. By the way, it's a funny question, right? What do you mean? And let's say he can't find it. So then wait till, wait till Tishrei. I'm saying it's a funny question that Tosa's asking. What's the guy going to do in, the, in Nisan, in the summer, if he needs a Maya? So he gives a find in the cave, something like that. It's just a, it's a strange question. So who says he has to find? Tosas understands it has to be Shaykh to be Mentahir. I don't know, perhaps it's going like the, the Kamarian Kedushin that says that, that uh, by Mitzara, Mitzara uh, a woman who has Saras, she becomes Tameh through her beard. And, and Parshat, you don't, you don't need a Pasuk for this. It's a, it's a Svara. If she can become Tameh that way, for sure she can become Tahar. It has to be a Mahal Chatara. So it must be some Derech Tara. So it could be that's what's bothering Tosas. It's seemingly Balabatish a question. So wait. No, but it must be there's a way to become Tahar. So he says he finds a particular type of Mayon that will be usable all year round. But there must be a Mahalach of Tara. He says, what are you worried about? Just say each drip of the rainwater falls into this massive Euphrates River, or any river for that matter, and it's nullified. And each drip is nullified. And you should not have a problem. Somebody pours uh, idolatrous libation or stamina into a pit. Even all day long, drip, drip, drip. It's kosher. Each drip becomes nullified. We do not say kama kama bata. We do not say if each drip is nullified once you have a majority. If it's more than the shear. Mikishir ha heter is the the girsa on the side, um, which right makes it clear that over here, once you have a majority of rainwater, you're not going to say kama kama bata. Anyway, you only say kama kama bottle until, by the iser of this wine, until the flavor of the wine is detectable. Then it would be chosvenea, come back and wake up. Even though it was nullified, now it's not nullified because you can taste it. So that's what, what Tosa says the concern switches once it's a row. Once you have a majority of rainwater, then, then you're not gonna say kama kama bottom. The next toast was Dalmar Shmuel Nara Mikipim is barich. As Shmuel said, that the river is is uh, blessed and replenished from the bedrock, from the aquifer. Pirish Mimakoma from its place, Umisala from its rock. 
Samatagin Kipo, the Aramaic for the rock is Kipe. Minaviyaso, Mizborech, from its own flowing it is blessed. And not from the, the rainfall directly into the river. And so when the rainfall does seep down into the aquifer, that's different. Then it has the din of Zoholim. But when it's just on the top, flowing directly into the river, it, it has the status of mikvah, or eligibility for mikvah, but not for Zoholim. Bim Tomar has a question. We see that they become swollen because of the rain. That we have a Kabbalah that for every drip that comes from above, there's at least two that come down that come up from below. Meaning, yes, you see rainwater falling in, but there's more water coming up uh, in response at the time. Oh, here we get to Allah. The Hilchasa, Kavasid Shmuel. Allah is like Shmuel. Which Shmuel? Right? Umaisi Raya, Mperg Basrid Bacheris. He brings a proof that Allah is like Shmuel, one of the Shmuels. That in the last chapter of Bacheris, the Tanya with Abraisa, Rimeir, Omer, Lo Parashmo, Ela Yovel Shmuel. The Euphrates has a different name. So why is it called Euphrates? It's really over, but we call it Paras because its waters are, are fruitful and multiply. It doesn't have to only mean Paras. All the rivers have this status. Euphrates is chosen because it's the largest river in their experience. And because it's from the land of Israel. And over there it says that this is a support for Shmuel that says that the river is blessed from the bedrock, from the aquifer. And on this we rely to yes, be tovel. We immerse ourselves in rivers. Even if they are extremely swollen, and it's a torrential rain, but we rely on the first teaching of Shmuel, at least first for what we had, that the river is primarily growing from the aquifer, from the bedrock, not from the rain that's coming directly in. And, and therefore, according to Benatam, we pass can, to, a river can be used uh, essentially all year round. Like the, the first teaching of Shmuel, not like Abu de Shmuel, not like the last teaching of Shmuel, that was even more machmer to only allow Tishrei. That's Rabbeinatam's psak. How, how is this brought lahalacha? So if you take a look in Yerdeh Simon Reish Aleph, it says, "Utvila b'naharos, immersion in rivers, v'ha'yika plutsa rabusa." In this matter, there is a major debate. Rabbeinatam hitted little b'naharos kol hashana. Rabbeinatam permitted immersion in the mikvah. Uh, in the rivers all year round. The ri haya also it for the hen, But the ri, another one of Balitosis, would prohibit immersion in the rivers the entire winter. Until after the melting of the snow. 
Also not the time when you have the uh, melting of the snow, the ice pack. And the rush as well is machmer. Okay. So the tour is, is quoting a big machlokas. I would say it's a little bit machma the tour is nota to the way his father is learning. A little bit. Although he's not machria. It does say it's a big, big machlokas. A little much like that. What does Shulchan Aruch say? So Shulchan Aruch starts with the Machader. Meimayon mitaren af bezocholim. So the waters of a spring purify even as they flow. They're not gathered together. And rainwater only purifies when it's collected. A deep place. The water has to be gathered there. But if, the Ramah says, if these rainwaters are flowing, they are not valid it's invalid to be metair through that. If they are alone, just rainwater, without a spring source. What happens when there's a mix? Everything has a status of a spring. If there's a majority of the rainwater dripping in directly into the spring. Similarly, if the rainwater becomes a majority of what is flowing in the river, then this water cannot purify while it's flowing. It must be siphoned off into a closed source of a mikvah. Therefore, it has, has to be a mikvah, a, a, some type of mat, Make a mikvah in the river, and then it can be covered. That's the machaber. The Ramah says, This is appropriate to give a horah, try and be machmer. But there are those that are mati. Litful binaras kol hashana. To immerse into the rivers all year long. Even the time of the rains and of the melting of the snowpack, and there seems to be a majority of the, the drip water over the flowing water, because the primary uh, source of this river is from its, its source, the aquifer. That's a big chiddish. She's saying, even if it is rove, we're not worried. And that is the, the predominant minig, says the Ramah, for Ashkenazim, most places. In a place where there is no mikvah, to use a river. And one cannot protest those that 
are accustomed to this leniency. Rabbeinu Tam, they could rely on him. Marik, Shemazesh, Mariv. However, this is really as he already said, there's no heter, he says, to be to be tovel in a flash flood river. If it's not there all year round, then it's just meinotvin and nothing doing. That's not mitayev. Sheingishamim. Posted the camera. If it stops raining and there's no flow at all, then you cannot use that unless it's in a mikvah. However, a river that doesn't stop, even though in the rain it becomes much wider. You are allowed to be total in that, no matter what. According to those that are lenient, and according to the minic. So here we see, even further, not just a matter... Uh, I mean, we, we saw Rabbeinu Tam ourselves, right? Rabbeinu Tam says that we have this Misaris, that that there's more water coming up, the the Gemara and Tainus. We we have a a Kabbalah. The majority of the water is being replenished from below, not from above. And here the Ramah is saying a bigger chiddush. He says even more than that. Even if Rabu Anotvin Al Hazochlim, still there's a majority of the rainwater. Over the flowing water, it's still permitted to be tovel in it, in zechila as it's flowing. He says that b'shem Rabbeinu Tam and the Beis Yosef, the name of the Rash, and Sefer Trumas Smag. Okay, I have plenty of Rishonim here. I didn't check them all out, but that's a bigger chiddush than what we saw in Rabbeinu Tam. That's the the psak of the Ramah. Is no again the in a place where they do not have a mikvah. Rov Mokomos. That's uh, by Ashkenazim at least. If you take a look at, at the Mordechai, Mordechai says, Mephitzib Biyomit Yishapir Rashi, quotes Rashi, That the reason why he would make mafitzim these mats is is first to protect them from people that should have privacy, and um, in order that they should they should not have um, yeah. That, so so it, if it, they don't have privacy, it's interesting. Meaning. Yes, he wants them to have privacy, but it's also a concern that they won't do a good tefillah. I mean, that itself is a concern that uh, if they didn't, they're going to be too quick to do the tefillah and not necessarily do a proper tefillah.
There's another another uh, another idea in the Mordechai. It says, "Nar mekivim mizbarech." Here's Rebbe Natam. This is how we paskin. Paskin like the first teaching of Shmuel, that the rivers are blessed from the bread rock. It's permitted to immerse in all the rivers all year long. We're not concerned about that. Like the other teaching, that we are concerned about the native waters of the river being overwhelmed by the drips from the rain. Some people are upset with what Maram and Rutenberg said. They're yelling at Maram Rutenberg saying he's trying to make people into Mamzerim if the, the mothers went to mikvah in the rivers. says they're totally wrong. It's not true. They're not going to have any Mamzerim over here. It's just a total gross error. Mefurish vomus mentes, ain't not a cholal either, no problem. Koshken hacha de alsalat vila midya araisa. Whoa! Now he throws in a major part. Of course, over here that it's a good vila midya araisa. Ela digzera derabonanhu lechadchila. They made digzera derabonan lechadchila not to use river, but of course it's good deraisa. To, to help you as a fence against being tovel in this flash flood river of this water of Gishomim, rainwater that is flowing, that's not a real Mayon. So as a, as a fence around that, they said, don't be tovel in a mikvah. It says, don't write such tahar. Even the Maram Hurtberg says it's Aser, only holds Aser Midar Abonon. That's what Mordechai says. Now, what is the, the, uh, the Havana here? I mean, Lachar, it's, it's, it's clear, I would say, Pashup Shad of what Mordechai is saying, is that if it would be Chadlis, Shalgishamim, if it would be waters that are flowing from the, the rain, making a, a, a makeshift river, a flash flood river, then it would be Pasul Daraisa. This is Xera Atu that. That's the Pashad Havan of Mordechai, and the Ramah says as much. For some reason, the Beis Yosef seems to learn, surprisingly, that the Mordechai holds that Zochlim is not Pasul Midaraisa. Zochlin itself is only possible in Drabana, which is a very big chiddush. But uh, I don't, I'm not sure what's pushing him to say that. But that is what the Ramad Dachemoshe he says. I don't think I would need to say this, but because the Beis Yosef says not that way, I'm telling you, the Mordechai does not hold that Zochlin is is uh, only possible in Drabana. Zochlin is no good Doraisa if it's water that's only eligible for mikvah. Zochelin is possible midaraisa. If it's flowing and it needs to be in a mikvah, no good. It's, that's a drasha daraisa. That's uh, 
as the Ramah says, totally wrong. He says it's poshet l'chol mayan. Anybody looks at this will see this clearly. But I'm only writing this so that you shouldn't get confused by what the Beis Yosef claims in the Mordechai. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go weiter. A peres ala evin. A perefes ala evin. So that's the Mishnah. Let's go back to the Mishnah, see what it's talking about. Back to Samachem Ralev. So, Yotze beselash ala hatzinis, banos katanas, Yotze bechutin, afilu bekismin shvaznem. A uh, person could go out with a rock or a, a coin on some uh, some uh, type of wound that they understood this type of coin would help them heal from it. And uh, young girls could go out with strings, chutin, some strands, a filo kiss, even with uh, some uh, small sticks or splinters in their ears. Interesting, Rashi says, Shemanak Vosoznam, they pierce their ears, but ain't osin nizomin, but they don't make actual earrings till they get older. Venosin chutin, they put some strand in there, kismin, or a small twig, Vosnam, in their ears. Shaloyistim Vosnam, in order their ears should not seal up. So they're allowed to go out on Shabbos with those, uh, this uh, placeholder that the earlobe shouldn't seal up. Aravios yotos raolos, the uh, Arab ladies can go with the hijab. Medios porofos, and the Median woman can go with this porofos, some type of clasp. Rashi says, Shma'atlos betalas, vitola ritsua bisfasa, somebody wraps himself up in this type of shawl and has a string on one end, connected savara, around the neck area. Sfosa shenis koreches evin o egos bekosheres haritsua bekraf ein atalas melfamila. So they essentially have some string on one side of their shawl that that they can affix to some something else, whether it be a stone or or anything really that they can then embed in the other side in order that it shouldn't fall off, some type of clasp. So that's a common uh, way that the women of Medea would go. But this is true for everybody. It doesn't only reply, apply to the Arabian women or the Median women. It's true for everybody. It, the Chachamim we're speaking about what's typical, and this is th- these type of people go out in such a manner. But anybody could. It's possible to make a clasp with a stone, with a nut, with a, with a coin, as long as you don't set it up on Shabbos to use the coin as your, your uh, clasp. So the Gemara is trying to analyze the Mishnah of Ahamrit Reisha Perefes. 
the beginning of the Mishnah says, that the person could make this clasp, but uh, it sounds like at the at the conclusion uh, that that's not the case, not lechachila. Right? That's what the Mishnah said. Right? So there seems to be a gap in the Mishnah itself. Is it permitted or only if it's done okay to go out like that? So The end of the Mishnah, which says it's not not eligible to be done in an ideal situation on Shabbos, is talking about using a coin. So if somebody is, is trying to make the coin their clasp, that is not allowed to be done on Shabbos l'chachilo, because it's, it's moksa. But if they did it, so they're using it as a clasp, and it's not, it's not going to be called carrying. It's called uh, functional, as their, part of their garment. Let's see, Rashi. I'm a Reisha Perefes. V'hayi v'ade l'chachilo koma. You're not allowed to move the coin. Why are we differentiating between a coin and a stone? Right? Abaya only says the Seifo is talking about a, a coin. It doesn't say a coin and a stone, whereas the Reisha that says you're allowed to make this a clasp is talking about, let's say, an egg a nut. Which is food. No, it's he only singles out a coin. Rashi explains because if it would be a rock, so that's something that you could be meyached um, for for this purpose and, and and designated as such, and therefore it would it would not be muktzah. But the coin, he's saying, just by designation would not be eligible to be moved on Shabbos, uh, unlike the stone. Now, certainly, if, if somebody did an act to the coin to make it into a parefes, that would be different. To make it into a clasp, then it's no longer functional as a coin, but functional as a clasp uh, by changing the coin itself. That, that would be even mutter lechat chilo. But here we're talking about where the coin is unchanged. So designating it to be used as a clasp is not making it no longer a coin, and it would still be a moksa. Boy Abaye, Isha Mahu Shitaran Vitafruf Al Haegos, Lahotzil Binakotan Bishabas. Is a woman allowed to uh, be sly, I guess you could say, make a kind of a trick? She wants to get her son a nut. He's in Rishusarabim, and she can't carry it because it's Shabbos. Is she allowed to use this nut as a clasp? And then when she gets to her son, so she'll take off her clasp and give it to him here and have a snack. The question applies, really, according to both shitas. We have multiple opinions elsewhere about marimin. Let's see, Rashi. Rashi says that the kid is going to eat it. Yeah, meaning, okay, what else? Okay. This is a debate later on in Shabbos. 
דברי רבי מאיר. ואפילו עשרה חלוקים, זה על זה. That a person is able to, to uh, carry out uh, by wearing even ten cloaks, one on top of the other. I can go around like, uh, like Roshanberg on, on Shabbos, no problem. As a Roma, that you're trying to transfer them from one place to the other. The mayor permits Arama, in order to save the garments from the fire, he's allowed to wear many garments. Whereas Rabbi Yossi says, no, only the 18 garments that he wears typically. That's what he's allowed to wear. He's allowed to have other people come and help to get dressed to pull the garments out of the fire or to, to protect them from being burned. He can change and come back and wear new garments. But according to Rabiosi, he's not allowed to just pile on the cloaks. So that's a machlokas by Deleko. And the question here of Abaye applies both according to the Shita of Rabi Meir as well as according to the Shita of Rabiosi. How does that work? The concern is that the chumrah of of uh, is such that a person is bahul al mamono. He's concerned about losing his money, and therefore Rabbi Meir gives a dispensation and permits him to do this arama uh, the the uh, slyness, so to speak, to, to pile on the garments, because if that wouldn't be permitted, he may come to actually extinguish the fire. That's Dafka over there, perhaps. Avalhocha, over here, If you do not permit the mother to use this knot as a clasp, as a way of uh, making it carryable by making it a garment, until she brings it to her son to eat. So she says, fine, I can't do it. So her son's not going to get the snack. There's no concern that it will lead to a malacha daraisa. And therefore, maybe Rabbi Meir would be machmer. Perhaps, even according to Rabbi Meir, who says you could be marim in Tleika, I'm sorry, even according to Rabbi Yossi, who says, you're not allowed to pile on the cloaks to save them from the fire. The reason why Rabbi Yossi is machmer over there is because it's der chotzobekach. It's the normal method of carrying. People carry things by wearing them sometimes. But it's not the derch. It's not typical to carry a knot by using it as a clasp. And therefore say perhaps that it's fine. And even Rabbi Yossi would be matir over here. Uh, Rash explains people that sell garments they bring them out while they're dressed in these garments not as a manner of getting dressed but in order to show the garment to try and sell it so that's carrying the garment and it's the derech and therefore there's reason to be machmer perhaps uh, over there that Rabiosi would aser putting on the garment extra in the case of protecting it from a fire, because it's derhotza, but over here it's not derhotza, it's not typical, and maybe he would be matya here, even though there's, there's no uh, 
even though the intention of taking it out is to take to unclasp it and give it to her son as a snack. Teku Gemara does not resolve the debate. It's a it's a question that Abai asked without a resolution. The Ramam just says not to. Shulchanarach differentiates. Shulchanarach uh, with a rush says it depends on the circumstance. If it's being taken out into a Carmelis, into a Shusarab and Midra Bonan, so since it's a question that was not resolved, we can be lenient. Safek Dura Bonan, and it'd be permitted for the woman to take the, the nut as a clasp to bring it to her son as a snack in a Carmelis. Whereas if it's taking it into a Shusarabim, the Shalhanov says to be Mahme and to prohibit it because it's a suffix on a case of a Doraisa, and therefore do not. Mishnah. Hakitea Yotse Bikav Shelo, Divrei Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says that an amputee is allowed to go out on Shabbos and Roshus Rabbim with his prosthetic limb. These are the words of Rabbi Meir. Hakitea says Rashi, Shnikto Raglo, his leg was cut off, foot was cut off. Because he's allowed to go out with his prosthetic limb, because that's his shoe. There's another Girsan Rashi. It's the Rashi on the riff. It's made as the form of a foot. And there is a bit of a, a cavity made within this prosthetic limb to attach it to the, the end of his thigh, where he's, he still has flesh. And he, he puts, it, puts his leg in the prosthetic limb. And he does not lean on it. And Rabbi Meir permits him to go out with this prosthetic limb. There's another girsa on the Kisfeyad that says, And he does lean on it. So these two girsas in Rashi uh, are uh, a big difference in terms of what the heter is of Rabbi Meir. We'll see in Tosas that uh, this is also debated in Tosas whether he's so mechanic or not so mechanic, a little bit. Let's continue in the Mishnah. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He argues with Rabbi Meir and he asks, Rashi says, the love tachshitu. It is not tachshit, it is not uh, something that uh, enhances the person who's, who's wearing it. So even though he's wearing it for looks, it should look like he has a leg, even if it's a non-functional or foot, non-functional foot, it's not called a tachshit, according to Rabbi Yossi. If within the prosthetic limb, Rashi says, If it's padding some cloth in order to to lean his the, the end of his stump into them, then it's tummy. Then this prosthetic limb is not considered pshute cleates. It's not considered a simple rudimentary wooden uh, tool or implement that is not makabaltuma. It's considered a base kibble. It's considered having a receptacle for tumo and a full kli that is subject to tumo. Smuchos shelo temein medris. And the smuchos, Rashi says, smuchos shelo smuchos shel kitea, yesh kitea b'shtei raglov, 
A person who has both uh, feet amputated can make uh, some, some type of uh, support made out of leather for his, his legs. And they are metamatumus medjus. He does lean on them. So these kind of leather socks that he wears on the end of his stump, he's allowed to go out on Shabbos with them. And he's allowed to enter into the Azar with them. It's not a violation of the requirement of Yiras Mokama Mikdash, where one is not allowed to go with a minal, with a, a shoe, or with a staff, a stick, walking stick. Also, those are prohibited. Here it's permitted. Rashi says, Metamin uh, Medris. Yeah, that's right, that's the next part doesn't explain why Nechnasen ben Bazarab here, but uh, presumably the reason is that it's it's not uh, considered a minal. It does not cover his foot. He doesn't have feet. That's the Lachar of the Pasha Rabbanu. Kisei usmuchos shelo temei medras. If he has a chair and some supports, he, he is able to hoist himself up on this chair that he's tied to and kind of drag himself, lift himself up and slump back down and slowly make progress moving himself that way. What's the din? Tumay medris. It is metamatumus medris. It does contract the tumor of treading that, that's uh, contracted through treading on something that it becomes tummy that way. The ain yotin ben b'shabbos and he's not allowed to go out with this apparatus on Shabbos. And he is not allowed to go into the Azara uh, strapped to this chair with the supports. And these Luktumin as a bit of an obscure term. Rashi says that it's a mask. One of the interpretations. It's a type of mask that is used uh, in, in jest with children, like a peekaboo game. That is tahar. It's not considered base kibble. It's just tied to the face. The enyos mehen, and it is a masui. It's not allowed to wear it. It's not considered wearing it. It's a tool that he puts on his face, and it, he is not allowed to go out on Shabbos with him. It's not a garment. Rashi says, Yosem b'me Shabbos, by the case of the smuchos, smuchos shalot tmein medris v'yotzim b'shabes, because it's a tachshit, it's considered something that that is helping him, uh, beautifying him. V'nichnos nebem lazar, avagat etnan lo yichnos adam laharabayis b'minu alo, hani lav min alinu de lav berosh raglohen. Here Rashi speaks out right that it is not. Uh, on the top of his foot, it's not at the edge of his foot, it's just on the end of his stump, this type of uh, uh, support, cloth, or leather, whatever it is, but it's not actually considered a shoe. So that's why he's allowed to go into the Azar with it. Kisei, Ish kitea shiyashvo, the kapso gide shoko, you do have an amputee that 
he has a problem with his legs not working properly. And even on his his shins, he can't he can't lean himself to walk. He has a, a low chair close to the ground. And he sits on it. And when he tries to uh, be mobile, he leans his hands with these small pillows or cushions. And he lifts his body up from the ground. And he pushes forward. And he comes back and rests again on the ground. On his back. And he's strapped to this chair. The support, this type of uh, either skin, a leather, or or wood, roshe shokov for the the tops of his of his thighs, or ragla or his feet, fluim kishu nishan al yodov, the oker atzmav nishan gam al ragav ktsas. He does lean on his hands and on his legs a little bit. The ein yotzin ben b'shabes is not allowed to go out with his. Uh, chair and cushion apparatus on Shabbos. Rabbeinu Omrim mipnei she'enum tzrichan lo hokach. He doesn't really need them. That's why Rashi's Rebbeim say it's also. Ve'loni hirli. Rashi argues. Taima ve'ika. He doesn't like this reasoning. Ve'ika lemeimar de'ayde detalu ve'lo manchi ha'ara zimnen demishtalfi. Since it is uh, hanging. And not fully uh, resting on the ground when in use, so sometimes it'll become dislodged and untied, and there's a concern that it'll fall off. So that's a reason to to say it's uh, not. He's not allowed to go on Shabbos with this. This apparatus, Rashi says, is considered a minal. He's not allowed to go into the zara with this kise with this chair. Low chair and his cushions. That's his minnow. That's the way Rashi learns. Let's take a look at Tosfus. Akitea Yotze Bikavshalo. So he quotes Rashi. Kitea Shniskato Raglo Kemind Fus Regel. The Chokik Bomeat was some Rosh Shoko with Soho. Venus Mechalo. Mishum Hoki Yotze Bikavshalo. So he's allowed to go out with it according to Rabbi Meir because it's considered his type of shoe. Rabbi Yossi prohibits It's not considered a, a form of, uh, of garment that beautifies him. It's not a minal and it is a masli. According to Rashi, it is prohibited straight up. No, no, no heter. The Hikshar Benatan, Rabbanatan disagrees. He has a kasha from Gemar Yuma and Chesamabes. Mashmadukule alaminalho. It sounds over there like according to both Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi, it is called a minal. This prosthetic limb is called a type of shoe. Though also a little bobiamikipurim, and it's prohibited to strap up in it on Yom Kippur. Ule inin Shabbos, Bahohu de They only argue on Shabbos. What's the machlokis? Rabbiosi, Gozar, Dilma, Mifsik, Vaasi Lasuye. Rabbi Yossi is concerned that maybe this prosthetic limb will become detached and will come to carry it. Rabbi Meir says no on Shabbos. They were not go there to treat this as, as a, 
chashash, a concern, maybe it'll fall off, and he's allowed to go out with his minnow. It's possible to suggest that the argument is is similar that according to Yosi, since it's not made out of leather, it's not going to stick properly. Since there's no leather cushioning inside the the inside of the prosthetic limb to hold his stump. So he may, it may fall and he may come to carry it. It is difficult to understand from what the Gemara says. The chalitza with sandal. If somebody does chalitza with a sandal, it's a good chalitza. That's going according to Rimeir. Doing chalitza with a sandal is a puzzle. A puzzle is chalitza, it doesn't work. So when the woman trying to sever the bond between her brother-in-law after her husband died without children needs to untie his shoe, it's not a good shoe, according to Rabiosi. Am I? Give him a minute. Hey, if this is his shoe, the prosthetic limb, why should it not be considered a minnow for Khalitz as well? It also depends on this. Given the lineage Shabbos Goza, since, according to Rabiosi, there's a concern it may fall off. And they said for Shabbos, it is not a minnow, it's not a shoe, this prosthetic limb. Dilma Mifsek. It may fall, and it's not fit for him to walk on it. And it's similar to a small person who does chalitza with a large person's shoe. The shoe doesn't fit, cannot do chalitza if it's too big, too far away from the person's foot. A drasha that has to be his shoe, a shoe that is fitting for him. A very balabatish question. How is it possible to say that maybe the prosthetic limb will fall and he'll come to carry it? Let's take stock of this guy. He's got one foot that works and one stump. If the prosthetic limb falls, he's not moving anywhere. So that's a great question. What, what are you worried about to make Xera, it may fall and he'll carry it. How's he carrying it? So the mashmos of Lo Yosef's Makomo, yeah, we'll see, we'll see that shortly, what, that, what the implication of that is. So Omeri, Demairi Shenose Biyado Makel, cases that he's carrying a staff, who Bismichos HaMakel, and the primary method of his transit is by leaning on the staff, on this cane. Behashta Inami Mifsuk, and now, because he's got a prosthetic limb and a cane, he's using the cane as his, as his main support, even if the prosthetic limb falls, and he's, he is leaning somewhat on it, but he, it's not necessary. He's primarily using the cane. So he could carry the prosthetic limb because he's got a cane. Based on this understanding... We can derive from here a leniency to permit somebody whose legs are weak to go out on Shabbos into the public thoroughfare with a cane on Shabbos. <speaking in Hebrew> that he's the, the one who is uh, 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 amputee 
he has something to rely on. Shikoshe bika'aro, that that is tied to his leg. Magil and it comes down to the ground. And the thigh is actually bent backwards. Barosha shok mokam regal oselo kav laharos kemoshesh laregal. That it's it's a total dummy foot that is just for looks, and he's not actually leaning on it at all. Oselo kav laharos kemoshesh laregal. Bahap ligir biosi savar kivan sheeno nismachalav. And this is the debate that Rabbi holds, since he does not lean on it at all. El toyva avir. It's it's just uh, hanging in the air. We're concerned lest it fall. And according to Meir, we're not concerned about that. According to this, there's no proof, according to the opinion of Rapares, who explains that he's got the dangling prosthetic limb, there's no raya to permit an amputee to go out, let's say, makolo. To go with a staff. You don't need to introduce a staff in order to have a chashash to be concerned that it may fall. Still, even according to Paras, we can permit the use of a walking stick of a cane based on the seifa of the Mishnah. He says you can still bring a proof that somebody who's am- as an amputee is allowed to go with a staff on Shabbos to walk with a stick from the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah only says it's prohibited with smuchos shelo, with the, the guy who's got this uh, chair, this kind of wheelchair type situation. Not, whether it's like a wheelchair or not, we'll just see. But this, this seat that he propels himself with his cushions on his, under his hand. He says, over there it's a problem, but not a makel. Safsalim Shibadyado is only a problem, but it's not like a makel. The safsalim are just uh, being used essentially to protect his hands, to make him more comfortable, but he's really holding on them. He's holding these cushions, but it's not like the staff. The stick that he's leaning on is actually functional by supporting him. So that would be permitted by the implication that such a thing is not written as also, only this is written as also, but not a staff. So Tosas here is saying to me, Matir, uh, according to various interpretations, uh, still you see a reason to be lenient to go out with a staff on Shabbos, a stick. Why should it be Tommy Tumas Medris? According to Rab Poras, why should it be Shaykh Tumas Medris if you're not leaning on it? Sometimes when he sits, he leans on it. Either the, the knot of the, of the wood where he's sitting in it uh, will be harmful. Or because it's so hard, it's going to be uncomfortable. <clears throat> and it's called Tumas Medris because he does sometimes lean on it when there are uh, the the uh, cloth or or strips of uh, of skin of of leather, they'll make it more comfortable. Then it becomes base keeble. It's called a receptacle that that is eligible for the tuma, not like pshutikliets. One thing that's interesting in Tosus is that he says the guy is not moving. Now 
I wonder, what about hopping? In theory, the guy could hop. But the guy has one functional leg. So yes, even before, before you come to the terrace that Jorben Tom injects, perhaps he's carrying a walking with a walking stick. But even without that, he could hop. So Tosa says he's not moving. But perhaps, even if he's hopping, it's not called hotsa. Maybe it's not called tiltal kedera. It's not a normal thing. It's not a normal way of transit. So if he's carrying it while hopping, that's tantamount to lo yozes mimikomo. Perhaps that's, that's the uh, implied in Tosas. I don't know. I wonder if Tosas is not misyaches to hopping at all as a mode of transport because it's an abnormal way of transport, presumably even for this guy who only has one leg, and therefore he would be potter. So we don't have to make a to be concerned that he might come to do a tiltal shalokederach. We don't make exerla exerla. Perhaps. So going back to the, the end of the Mishnah, um, the Gemara is going to explain what that means. It's unclear. Rashi says, Nas in tinokos. Masco. Mask, it's a type of mask. It's got some uh, Guy Fox mask or something that's uh, nice for playing peekaboo, something like that. He's not allowed to go out with that on Shabbos. That's called a masui. Uh, even though he wears it as a mask, it's not really wearing. It's, it's a tool. So he's not allowed to go out with that Nushas Rapim on Shabbos. The, the previous statement about this this chair. He's got this chair that he kind of drags himself with his uh, carrying in his hands cushions and he pulls himself up and goes, sits back down and slowly makes progress. He's not allowed to go out with that on Shabbos. We saw this disagreement in Rashi. Why not? Rashi says he doesn't really need it and he disagrees uh, with Rebam. He thinks he does need it. But he thinks the concern is that it's it's not stable, it falls. That it's not uh, it's not really such a mahalach for him to to go that way without it falling. Um, it's it's uh, hanging. It's not it, it's not uh, fixed on the ground the whole time. It doesn't it doesn't move on the ground. So that's a concern, it may fall off. Interesting. So the, the idea of a modern wheelchair is debated <clears throat> by, by later Akronim. Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank is Machner. He writes that, that it's not helping him utilize his own bodily strength for transport. So it's not like a makel. It's not like a, a stick, a walking stick, which is functional as a leg. A wheelchair is another device that he can transport himself with, but he says that's essentially carrying himself, not, not a, a tool for his own walking. Ramosha argues. Ramosha Feinstein says it's mutter. He says that a wheelchair is a minal or a begel, beged. He says that it is essentially a garment. And he matters. 
that's a, a debate. I mean, Shulchan Aruch does pass in this way, but the question is how to apply it, right? He passes the, the Mishnah. Uh, and the part about not going in the Azorah with this chair, for some reason the Ram doesn't bring it. I don't know why. In Ochus Beisah Bechira, he does not quote this as a problem. He says, Minal Shabiraglo is Aser, but also Amakil. Both are Aser. Does not speak about this Mishnah. So the Mishnah asks the question, Tostis Yom Tov asks the question, where did the Ramam go? He seems to have dropped off. He should have mentioned this, if it's true, halacha, that he can't go on to Harbais with this chair that he drags himself with, if it's a Din Minal. And Markevesa Mishnah actually says, because of this problem, he has a different girsa. I don't know what the substantiation of this is, but he says Daka the opposite. His gear says Vinich Nasin Lazara. Not Vinich Nasin Ben Lazara, but Vinich Nasin Ben Lazara. Vinich Nasin Lazara with him. He holds the cash and he says, Maybe the Ramam had a different gear so that it would be permitted. That uh, is a little bit hard to understand in, in Svara, this Makedas Mishnah. Meaning, as much as it's Aser to go with it on Shabbos, so it's, it's uh, depending, I guess, on how you interpret why it's Aser, um, unless you say that, that it's, uh, and it's, it's a Shash that'll fall off, but still, you're going to have to say, Afal uh, it's it's not considered. Uh, a minal, a, a, a shoe for entering onto the Azara, you have to know what the lumdus is for that. I mean, what, how would you put that together? Perhaps, perhaps he would learn that uh, the chashash the falling, maybe like Rashi says, it's because it's, it's not firmly planted on the ground in transit, then that's, that's why you can't go on Shabbos. But in terms of minal, it's not a minal because it's not berosh ragla. It's not a minal because it's not covering over the front of his of his foot. He doesn't have a foot, or it's not functionally helping his foot. Ah, the Rambam does aser a makel. A makel is not a minal, but uh, it does help his foot directly. It's functional as a leg, so maybe that's a, a reason lahachmer. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. It, it, over here. With, Let's say this type of chair is the question, and then of course the corollary is the question of of a wheelchair. Is somebody does the base of Mikdash have wheelchair access? Very simple question. Right? Is he allowed to go with a wheelchair on Tarabais? or is that a minal or a makil? Not clear at all. The Raman doesn't bring the din b'chalal, so you have to know why not. Right? If your geris that it's mutter like the Markavas Mishnah, is that heter dafka this case, or would that heter also extend to a wheelchair? Also not parshit. Lobosi ala la'er. I don't. I don't have a, a clarkite on it. Just, it's. It certainly is a, a question. That's an question. Continuing in the Gemara, it's a machlov manal. Amale Rava Rav Nachman. Hey Chitnan. So Rava asked to Rav Nachman, "How do you understand the Mishnah? What's the girsa of the Mishnah?" 
meaning it was apparently unclear. Rashi says, Hakite yotze verbiosi oser, o ein hakite yotze verbiosi mater. Our gear says hakite yotze, but there seemed to be apparently obscure what the text of the Mishnah was. Does it start with ein or not ein? Right? He's, he's allowed to go out with his prosthetic limb or he's not allowed to go out. And which opinion is Rabbi Yossi and which opinion is Rabbi Meir? It was unclear what the text of the Mishnah was. So, what did Rabbi Nachman answer? Don't know. Okay, fine. Strike one. Rabbi asks again. Okay, so how do we pass him? Forget about names. Who says what? How do we pass him? Very honest. Rabbi Nachman says, I don't know. When you don't know, you say you don't know. Itmar. So we're still trying to figure out what the right text of the mission is. Amar Shmuel, Ein Hakitea. The Girsa is Ein Hakitea, not like our Girsa. Our Girsa is Hakitea, the, the one who's uh, amputee, is, is allowed to go out. That's the first position in our Mishnah. V'chein Amar Rav Huna, Ein Hakitea. Rav Huna also had this other alternate Girsa in the Mishnah, that the amputee is not allowed to go out with the prosthetic Levan Shabbos. Amar Rav Yosef, Ha'ov Amar Shmuel, Ein Hakitea. Okay, so it seems to be popular. We should also adopt this text. It's a popular text and not like the text we have. So let's adopt that text. Did you not hear that which was taught of Rav Chana Bar Rav? in front of Rav, Bikituna, in this small cheder katan Rashi says, base medrash, small room in the base medrash. Did you not hear about this? It was in that small room. You didn't hear about it. Dibei Rav, in the house of Rav, Ein akitei yotzu v'kav shelo divrei Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi Matin. Okay, so that's the girsi he has. Umach filei Rav, that was the gears that was said in this in this uh, room in the base medrash. But Rav waved his hand. He said, "Switch it." The exact opposite. Be garis like our Mishnah is garis, that the amputee does go out with his prosthetic limb, according to Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Yossi prohibits. Omar Rav Nachman Yitzchak v'Simona. What is the way to remember? What's the correct correct gears in the Mishnah? Samach Samach. Samach Samach. Rashi says, Rabbi Yossi Oser, Shtei Tevos Yeshbem Samach. Samach Zu, Eitzel Zu. There's the word Oser has a Samach, and Rabbi Yossi has a Samach. So you put the two together. The Samachs are together. Rabbi Meir is Matir. Interesting, we didn't say Mem Matir. said Samach Samach. I don't know why, but presumably it could have gone either way. But Samach Samach is the way to remember it. Rabbi Yossi has a Samach, Asers. Perhaps it's, it's choosing that in, in deference to the halacha. Perhaps. If you look at the letter, it appears that we pass in like Rabiosi. So perhaps that's why we're trying to make the memory device with Rabiosi, who answers. Baf Shmuel Haldebay. And even Shmuel changed his mind to accept our Girsa. Titnan, Chalza Besandal Sheena Shelo, Besandal Sheets, Oshel Small, Bimin. And Mishnah says that if the chalitza was performed, the severance of the connection between a woman and her brother-in-law, her husband died without children, that 
she can affect that severance by untying the shoe, spitting, it's a procedure. So if it's a sandal, it works. If it's made out of wood, if it's uh, the left shoe put on the right, must be on the right, the chalitza still works. This Mishnah is the teaching of Rabbi Meir, Shmuel says. This is in accordance with Rabbi Meir of our Mishnah that says the amputee can go out with his prosthetic limb according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yossi is the one who says disagrees and it's not, uh, he's not eligible to do so. So Shmuel also changed his mind and had our girsa uh, ultimately. And even Rav Huna changed his mind to accept our girsa. The Tanya, as we said in the Brisa, Sandal Shasayodin, Tome Medris, the uh, sandal that was a shoe that is worn by people working with Sid, with, uh, with plaster, do, does contract, that, that uh, type of clog does contract Tumas Medris, the Isha Choletasbo, and a woman can use it for Chalitza to untie the, this. Shoe, and you can go out with this type of clog on Shabbos according to Rabbi Kiva. And they did not agree with him. The Gra changes the Girsa here. The Hatnan. It's not a Brisa, it's a Mishnah. We have a Mishnah saying that they did agree to him. So it's a Stira. Did they agree to, to, to this teaching of, of Rabbi Kiva or not? Very simple. There was a machlokis whether to admit and agree with the teaching of Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Meir said he agrees, and Rabbi Yossi says he disagrees. So the two, two limudim, whether there's agreement or not agreement. So we see over here also that Rav Huna was Adabe. Amr Rav Yosef, man lo hodulo. Who is the one who does not agree to him, to the teaching of Rabbi Kiva? Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. He is the one who disagrees. Did not. Gveras shel kash v'shveras shel kanim. Or the girsa of the gra is machzalas hakash v'shveras hakash. So a wicker basket and uh, straw made out of out of uh, reeds. Rabbi Kiva metame. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri metaya. There's a debate whether this is subject to tuma or not. It says, hey, the, the sandal, the, this clog that is worn by people working with the Sid, with, with uh, plaster, is subject to Tumas Medrash. It becomes Tame through treading on it. And it's not made for treading. Even though it's not normally used for treading, it's specifically used for protection from the, the caustic effects of the, the plaster on the skin. Nonetheless, they do continue wearing it till they get home. So therefore, it is Mechabal Tumas Medrus. Let's catch up on Rashi's. Oh, Right. 
De chalitza bienminu. Chalitza must be on the right foot. She must untie the shoe on the right foot. Digama regal regal mimitzera. It says regal by chalitza and it says regal by mitzera. By mitzera it's explicit the right foot. So to by chalitza it must be the right foot. Mantana tasana shal eitz choshiv nalo. Who is the one who taught that a wooden clog is considered a na'al, a shoe? Sandal shal sayadim. Mochre sid, those who sell plaster. Kishmas asken bo nolan also. When they're working with a the plaster, they wear this clog. Vishalates, it's made out of wood. Midnei shasid sarfasa'ar. It burns leather, burns skin, so they need to wear wooden clogs. Bam Rav Huna Garcinon. Man hodulo Rebi Meir. Da'omar kitea yotsu kafshalom. Rebi Meir agrees with Rebi Kipo. In accordance with our gears of the teaching of the Mishnah, that Rebi Meir permits the, the amputee to go out with his prosthetic limb. The one who answers, did not agree, was uh, according to the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, was Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. It's not common to make it out of wicker, but rather from reeds. People don't usually make the clogs out of wood. It needs to be from skin. That's what my Rebbeim said, says Rashi, and Rashi's on a roll here, he's disagreeing again. I think that the type of sandal that the people working with plaster wear is made out of wicker. And the reason why he says it's not subject to Tumas Medrash is because he says a wicker vessel is not subject to Tumas. It's not considered wood. Rabbi Kiva says, no, wicker is like wood because it's very hard. Machlokas how to view wicker, which is a hardened type of cash, of a straw, hardened straw. Rashi's cash is znovos sashibolim. The tails of the, of the, uh, the shibolim, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the sheaves. That's, uh, from from the grain. Tosus talks about this. Tosus says, "Kevas akash v'shperes shall kanim Rabbi Kiva metame v'im toma v'hechem metame kim delo chazi leshiva lo metame medris leinin tumas meis ha loksiv beparsha ella kli eats veor begi v'sak v'shlom at kash nami chavshiv shall eats." So, so Tosa says an interesting idea that cash is considered like eights. Why? The Torah calls the fruit from which Adam and Chava ate from eights, eights hadas toverah, and there's an opinion that it is chita, that they ate grain, wheat specifically, so wheat is the the straw from wheat. This wicker must be called eights. So for tumas eights, kalim made from eights, wicker if it's made hard like like wood, would be included. So a raya that it's called eights. Interesting. Right earlier, Tosfos says, and sandal shasayodin pirshikuntus mochri hasid, quotes Rashi, that these people that deal with plaster. They wear this, and it's made. These clogs are made out of wood. 
and he disagrees, right? He just quotes Rashi straight that it's made out of straw, wicker, these wicker clogs. Kapir Zen Nira, Tosus signs on the dotted line. He likes this idea in Rashi. He agrees, he's going with a kash mahalach, that straw or wicker is, is the subject uh, of, of what type of uh, clog we're talking about, like Rashi. Then the next part of the Mishnah, if this um, if this prosthetic limb has a base kibble, a, a receptacle that is padded with some some material to make it softer, then it is subject to tuma, to transmitting, to becoming uh, a vessel that has a base kibble and is subject to tumas. Uh, as, a, as not as shutekli eight, but it's rather regular kli with the base kibble as, as a receptacle. Amar Abaye, Tome Tumas Mace, Vein Tome Medris. Abaye says it does have the ability to contract the tuma of coming in contact with the dead, but not Tumas Medris. It's not the tuma contracted by treading on something. Rabba Amar Af Tome Medris. Rabba says no, not only Tumas Mace, not only impurity from contact with the dead, but even the impurity contracted through treading on it. Amarava, minah, minala. Rava said, where is he coming from? That he's machmer, and to include Tumas Medris. Ditznan, as taught in a Mishnah, agola shal koton, tame medris. A wagon of a, a child is metame Tumas Medris. Rashi says, utzachikba, utaltalo alef. So, some type of toy that he plays with and he moves on it. So it's kind of like these uh, uh, training for walking. The kid sits in it and he gets a little support and he can quasi-walk with it. And he can find such toys even today for little kids, babies. So he says that that is um, a time and mattress. So if that, that is called, for Dries it's called a treading, even though he's not fully walking, on it, he doesn't even know how to fully walk, but still it's metamatumus medris, so that's a support for the idea that Rabbi says this prosthetic limb that he leans on a little bit is also subject to tumus medris, not just tumus mace, once it has smuchin, once it's padded to be more comfortable, it has called base kibble. Abayah disagrees, he says over there, the child is fully carried by this tool, this uh, seat that holds him up and he can walk in it, but the, pres- the, the amputee is walking with his prosthetic limb, does n- never fully leans on the limb. Abai says, where am I coming from? From this b'risa, that the staff of the elderly is pure, does not contract tumor. So, if the staff of the elderly does not contract tuma, interesting that it's tar miklum, meaning it's not even tzmashma, not even matamatumas mace. Hagam Abaye said that this prosthetic limb is mekabel, is matamatumas mace, once one uh, just just not uh, not matamatumas medris. So when he says tar miklum, you have to know why this staff that the elderly used to walk is better than 
than this uh, prosthetic limb that has padding. Let's see Rashi. Tommy Madras. Hoel lupamim yoshev she yoshev alel vainam izimnin de mismasech alel. Sometimes he does lean on it. Tar miklum this uh, stick, walking stick that the elderly use. Low madras floshatuma. It does not have tumas madras. He's not called treading on it or other tumas. Mishum de lavus smicha ovid shalrag lumahalach. He's really walking on his feet. He's not really using it to to fully walk. I've got the prakim, even though he does lean on it sometimes. lo, he doesn't accept other tumas, this stick, because it is, in fact, a simple uh, wooden implement. So this is better, so to speak, than the prosthetic limb that has padding that is called. Uh, more than pshute cleates, and it's subject to tuma. This this stick is real pshute cleates. There's no base kibbles, nothing, so it's it doesn't have any tuma at all. Don't say it's because it's straight that there's no tumas medrash. It says, don't, don't say it's because it's straight. The reason is, as Rashi said before, it's because it's not meant for him to lean his full weight on. What does Tosa say? Rav on Aftomit Tumas Medras. The next Tosa, Agalashal Kaltum, this. Uh, this kind of chair that the child uses that he can kind of roll around in to help him w- learn how to walk. Quotes Rashi. It's like a wagon that child sits in or sits on. This is that is spitz medrash. That is the most medrash possible. It says that according to Rashi, he's, he's fully leaning on it, so that's the greatest medrash, that he's, he's sitting on it. And therefore he says, Tosa says, no, he's just learning how to walk in it, and that's, he's leaning on it, that's, that's a bit more of a chiddish, that that's metamatumas medrash, otherwise there's no chiddish. And turning the page, Brava, Hasan, it's say Sugya Avida. Over there, this walking stick, the reason he's using it, Rashi says, Latakin Psyosov, is to strengthen his steps. Lizkov Koma, Mibnei Raglov, Vishokov, Rosasos, Lo Lismach Kogufo, Lo Smichas Kogufo. This stick is just helping him be a little bit more stable and to, to be, stand up straight because his legs and his, and his thighs, they're, they're wobbly, but it's not really meant. To, to lean all of his weight on it, this walking stick. But, but by that prosthetic limb that has padding, it really is designed for him to lean on it, and therefore it is metame to his medris. To me in medris, 
it is metame tumas medrash, and he can go out, and he cannot go out with it on Shabbos. This is talking about the kise and the shalo, this chair, and its cushions for him to drag himself on. He's not allowed to go in them with Azara. That's the gears of our Mishnah. Again, Rekhev's Mishnah's Garis, that it is permitted. It's taught in front of Rabbi Yochanan. says, I told you, I, I teach that an, a woman can do chalitza with such uh, a kise, with, with such a, a chair. And you're telling me that you're allowed to go to Azara? Tani, uh, Meaning, uh, th- there's no question, he's saying you cannot go with them into the Azara. Interesting. That, uh, he's saying that, that, that of course, if it's called a minal and, and for, the, for, for a chalitza, so parshit, that, that there's not going to be a heter to go onto Harabai's uh, with this uh, this chair that he's dragging. Loktamin tahira. What are these loktamin? We saw a mask. My loktamin, Amr Biavo, Khamra de Akfa. Rashi says, Khamur, it's a type of um, costume. Anisibak is fine, that the, the donkey is being carried by uh, straps on the shoulders, Halitsanim, of clowns. Osen Oso, they make it and it appears as though he's riding on this donkey. But it's it's not actually being ridden, he's carrying this fake donkey. So it's also to carry that on Shabbos. Can't go out with that on Shabbos. Rava Bar Papa, or the other Girsa is Raphram Bar Papa, Amar. Keshire. What is the identity of Loktamin? Keshire. Rashi says, what are Keshire? Iskatis. Shemahalchabehem bimokom tit. Some type of, uh, uh, I don't know, cleats or something that help him walk through mud. Vikashalini, daherin mitumas maga, chutekli eitz ninu, aval menemedris lamataherin. Uh, Rashi says, I don't understand. If that's the pshat, why should they be exempt from Tumas Medris? Because he is leaning on these cleats. So, not not sure why that should be. And Tosus quotes this. The re tirets. What's the tirets of the re? The kivan she'enam asuim ela leleches derech avora betit eno tome medris. Since it's not meant for him to really walk on, but just to get through the mud without getting dirty, so these cleats are not metamatumus medris uh, because he's not really using it to be duris. He's not using it uh, as his uh, to, to tread on it. He's just trying to avoid getting muddy. The Aruch says a different shot. It doesn't mean cleats that'll help him go over mud, but rather they're stilts that the clowns uh, use, the hang the very tall, and they just dance on them. Nobody walks on these stilts. They just use it as a type of uh, game and it's entertainment. So therefore, it's not metamatumus medris. That's the way the Aruch explains it. 
Rava Barhuna Amar Primi. So he has a different interpretation. What is the identity of Loktamin in the Mishnah? Primi. Talmusa, it's a mask. Hanikshers al Paratsof, it is tied to the face. Lahavis Habonik Tanim. It's meant to play peekaboo and it's, uh, it says to, to scare little children. Uh, I assume that it means, hopefully, in a way that's uh, in good fun. Uh, otherwise, uh, we wouldn't have to say that it's us to, to wear it on Shabbos. We have to say it's us to wear it all the time. But uh, in any event, the, uh, that, that's a third identity of uh, what is not allowed to be worn outside to be, because it's not wearing it. It's called carrying it. These are all tools uh, as opposed to garments or something that's... that's uh, uh, functional in a manner that is tafel or to him, they're, they're separate tools. So yeah.